Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Olympics! <laughs> Mother's Day to all the quarantine reviewers out there from sea to shining sea. Uh, shout out to my mom, Virginia. Shout out to my sister, Elizabeth. Uh, shout out to front of the show, uh, Terry Carr, Mama Carr, all the mothers out there. Uh, JB, your your extended family, Get, give your Mother's Day shout outs, please. Uh, shout out to, you know, uh, first of all, Mama, you know what I'm saying, looking down over Freddie Bridges, you know what I'm saying, the queen herself. 
Uh, and then all the rest of them, aunties, sister-in-laws, sisters, you know what I'm saying? All my baby mamas, uh, you know what I'm saying? Shout out. Yeah. Man, it was hand and what up, though. I don't know. Like a rap song <laughs> intro. Like, I done sent out all my happy birthday <laughs> texts, you know what I'm saying? I'm good with mine, though. That's, that's the yeah, thing. Right. Like, exactly. Good that's mine. I'm good with mine. Like, you know, we got, you know, I got this situation with the one right now, but we getting that cleared up. But I'm good with mine. We cool. You know what I'm saying? That's so, all the mamas out there, happy Mother's Day. Y'all amazing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't doing your motherly duties properly, step your game up, you know what I'm saying? Because them kids need you in the worst way, you know what I'm saying? So enjoy your Mother's Day, you know what I'm saying? Enjoy those meals getting cooked for you, you know what I'm saying? Enjoy those flowers and candy and all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully the kids leave your ass alone for a little while, you know what I'm saying? Your motherly duties kind of slow down, not stop, but just kind of, right. you know, go, you know, we, we do we do a 35 right now, we ain't doing 70, you know what I'm saying? So right. hopefully, hopefully I'm wishing that for all the mamas out there, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and quick, uh, rest in peace to three pioneers of Damn. the music industry. Green Harrell, the king of rock and roll, Little Richard, and uh, Betty Wright actually passed away. Mm -hmm. He actually coined the phrase, uh, no no pain, no gain. Okay. So for okay. those who for those are unaware, uh, three people, JB, especially when you think, when you think of Diddy, a.k.a. Puff, a.k.a. Brother Love, there really isn't the exact same story of Puff without Andre Harrell. Right. Like Uptown Records and like Jodeci and Mary J. Blige. People people forget, like Puff is the ultimate hustler. Right. But as you know, right. being a music fan, you know that without Andre Harrell, it's not quite there's, there's the bad no, boy, the whole no thing. There's no bad boy, there's no none of that. No Craig Mack, no Big, no none of that. Uh, yep. People don't really know the history of, of, of Harrell and Diddy. Uh, Diddy was an A&R, you know what I'm saying, for Uptown. And he was moving around crazy, man, trying to find talent. And uh, of course, everybody's seen the movie, you know, saying uh, the notorious movie where they showed the, the issue with Puff. And he was just like, you know, he wasn't, it wasn't what he wanted. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to be the boss. He wanted to, right. he wanted to run his own deal. No disrespect to Harrell and Uptown, but he was just like, that ain't what I want for myself. Like, I want more. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but the man discovered so much talent, man. He kept, he, and, and, and it's that, you know, and then people don't understand and don't realize it's two different Hollywood, it's two different music businesses, just like it's two different justices in the United States of America, right? You got black and you got white. It just is what it is, you know what I'm saying? So Harrell kept it 100, he kept it black, period. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he wanted the young black people to be, that were talented, you know what I'm saying, to get in the business and to get going and to make their money and, and to be everything done properly. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's what Harrell is about, man. So shout out to him. Uh, Mr. Little Richard from Macon, Georgia. You know what I'm saying, Mr. Woo himself, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what what can you not say about Little Richard, man? You know what I'm saying? He 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 was the one. You know what I'm saying? He is yeah. modern day father of rock and roll, bottom line, no question asked, no comparison. He's the originator. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me started with his whole little spiel, you know what I'm saying? But we all know how he got down. You know what I'm saying? He ain't conceited, he's just convinced. He's confident. He was what he was and he was a jewel, man. Just when you look, you listen to the way he got down on that piano and his voice, the way it came across and how powerful his voice was. He didn't even need no microphone. It was amazing. And then Miss Betty Wright, what can I say about her? Uh, all I can say is that it's been a many morning, you know what I'm saying? And I woke up as a kid and cleaning the house and I hear Miss Betty Wright, you know what I'm saying? Tonight is the night. No, oh, you're not gonna sing that song, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that's, tonight is the night, no pain, no gain, you know what I'm saying? After the pain, which is my favorite song Betty Wright ever made, After the Pain. Wow. Right? That was my shit. All right, so I, you know, so, you know, rest in peace to her. 
she did it. She did it at high level for a long time, man. So we pioneers going. You know, we ain't made, we, we meant to die. That's what we meant. What's for? But while you here, what you gonna do? With that? That's the kind of thing. You know what I'm saying so. Exactly. Exactly. All the younger viewers, go do your research. Uh, go run. They're all they're all on the streaming platforms, just like we are. We are on all streaming platforms. Follow us at JB JB and Betty Blue on all social media. JB and Betty Blue Review for past episodes, content, and all that stuff. Now look, we have a distinguished guest who's been looking at the camera, wondering when the hell are these two gonna shoot the hell up and let me start talking. Uh, JB, I want you to introduce your personal friend. Uh, and former teammate in the most illustrious way you possibly can, good sir. Well, reviewers, uh, today, we are honored, great to have, to be graced by the presence of a young man who I encountered years ago in the NFL, you know what I'm saying? And I can truly call him my brother, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad that he's coming on the show. He's an intellectual man, you know what I'm saying? From the Bay, this town business we got going town on. Town business. <laughs> All right, so, you, know, you know how we do that business. This, this, we see we got so many friends in the Bay, it's crazy, right? Yeah. So this is town business right here, you know what I'm saying? My man Lorenzo Alexander, the one and only, proud of St. Mary College High, with the Cal Berkeley, undrafted in 05, you know what I'm saying? He has been in the NFL forever. All right. <laughs> 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 forever in a day. Two time pro bowler. So, one time second team all pro. Right, he's been with like the likes of the skins, AZ Oakland, and the Bills recently. Right, shout out to Bills Mafia. We love Bills Mafia, by the way. You know what I'm saying? We okay, are fans okay. Of Bills Mafia, it's, it's certain teams though. You, you, if you listen, go back and listen. We, we, we fancy certain teams. Right. Even though we're not fans of them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Cleveland Browns being one of them. We love Cleveland for whatever reason. We just want to see them succeed. Yeah, even, even though they let us down on a season by season basis. <laughs> you know what? They just like that kid. You just you gonna, you gonna keep pumping that money into them. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully this year is the year. You know, so we want to see great things with Cleveland and then the Bills Mafia because any fan base that jumps through tables. Hey, that's our kind of fans, though. That's our kind of fans. That's what's up. You get suplex through a table, we, yeah. we, we're rocking with it. So yeah, reviewers, you gotta rock with it. So reviewers, I'm, I'm proud to announce, you know what I'm saying, our guest today, Mr. Lorenzo Alexander. Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm How doing your mama great. Everybody Everybody's doing? Everybody's doing real good. You know, obviously, shout out to all the mothers out there uh, that I know, part of my family, but a special shout out to uh, my wife, uh, Manjanique. Uh, you know, we're at home right now in Paradise Valley and uh, we have four kids. And so she does a great job with them every single day. And then um, beyond that, you know, shout out to my own mom. She also lives here in uh, Phoenix now. So it's going to be real cool that she gets to come over later. And, you know, your boy, I'm from Cali, but I got Southern roots. So I'm yeah. going down today uh, a little bit of a dinner, you know, some ribs, some salmon, some uh, shrimp and grits. And so I uh, got my trigger out there uh, burning in the back right now. So it's, it's going to be uh, some good eats later on this afternoon. Beautiful thing, man. Beautiful thing. Wow. You know, man. So we are we right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we this 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 crazy, crazy time that we in right now, man. Yeah. Everybody's been locked up in the house. Quarantine has been happening, you know what I'm saying? Like for I'm going on what three 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 months and change now? We are being held way. hostage by this pandemic, or as Jim Jones called it, this pandemic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if you saw the, the Jim Jones good weather. And news report, you know what I'm saying? His most recent one, you know, how he started, start, he's tapping his foot, you know what I'm saying? He come over the camera and he start talking shit. Yeah. yeah, he did one of those recently. Jim Jones is sick, bro. So he was he was calling it a pandemic. <laughs> he was like, got the pandemic going on, got the pandemic going on. <laughs> so being held hostage by this pandemic that we are right Right, now. yeah. I said it. You got four kids, wife under the roof. Have you reached a level of insanity just yet? You know what, to be honest, and I really haven't, and, and I, you know, and I hate 
you know, it's not even gloating, but just my situation I'm living in right now in Paradise Valley, you know, God has been so good and blessed us with resources that, I mean, the, the home and, the, and where we're living, I mean, I got a huge backyard, so we can get out the house. Obviously, living in Phoenix, the weather is always awesome. And so um, even though we're confined to, the, to this, this house and, you know, our property, I still have my little safe havens where I get out to the gym and I'm lifting weights or jumping on my Peloton or I'm taking the kids outside, training them, working them out. And then even on top of that, I've been learning to do a couple of new things. So whether I'm reading or trying to get on this piano, you talk about little Richard, I just saw him, uh, they had like a, uh, a story on him, obviously giving him tribute. And I was right. like, man, I want to be like that. That dude can play that piano. So Good. I've been starting to do some things like that just to, to move forward as I've transitioned out of the game and I'm at home and got a lot of family time. That's what's up, man. I, uh, you talking about that damn piano, man. My father was a music cat, right? Oh, okay. Uh, Mississippi born and bred and music cat, you know what I'm saying? He, he had a little group, man, back in the day. They used to open up for the Ohio players and the last night of Pips. You know? So my father oh. moved to Indiana, which I was where I was born. Wasn't raised there, but I was born there, you know what I'm saying? So in Fort Wayne, that's where my folks is at. Gary, Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, shout out, you know what I'm saying? Me and what it do, Benny, you know what I'm saying? What up, though? And, uh, so what up, though? He, he played the electric guitar, acoustic guitar, bongos, drums, oh, piano, wow. and the cello. Yeah. You played the cello, too? Oh, yeah, he, he did all that. Wow. So, my father always try to teach me how to play the guitar, bro. Like, always. And I would never do it. Because yep. I'm always outside. You know, we were young. You, you yeah, know, you know, like Tony Baker said all the time, we live for outside. Outside was a crucial part of our life. As right. Young. No matter where you was at, it was cool back then to be outside. So I was like, nah, I'm out. I'm gonna go play basketball. I'll be down the road. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So yeah, do that, man. You know what I'm saying? Because that's something I'm definitely gonna do as I get older. Pick up that good time, Benny, my man here. You know what I'm saying? He he dabbles. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking for some lessons, Ben. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, whatever, whatever. My background, I can, I can play. I can, I can give you a little bit of everything. So you let me know what you want to do. You want to start playing guitar? You want to go? Listen, I mean, you got, you got, JB, you got, you got an R and B album in you, bro. You got, you got, you got. Not only you got an album, you got. I swear, we need to do like a Luther Vandross cover with you. You've been, you've been putting in too much work. You gotta have the open shirt. You know what I mean? You gotta be sitting there like this. <laughs> You got it. I need a classic '70s R&B album cover. Look, I, Benny, I just replied. You got it in you. I just replied. Uh, one of the homies posted somewhere it had a uh, Lionel Richie and had a uh, Teddy P and Luther and that uh, Teddy Pendergrass cover. That's what I'm talking about. We got to remake Teddy, that. Teddy one. one though, you know, because if you look at Teddy, Teddy had the hand placement and he had yeah. the boots yeah. on. Pretty, yeah, Teddy's a full body. Everybody else was just kind of you know saying the school portrait. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm with you, man. I got one in me, you know. So maybe it's gonna play the good time. I mean, it's piano for me. I'll be on a good time. You be on another good time. Right. I mean, Lorenzo, you, I mean, you know, you what, what better time know. to start your new career? You know, you'd be like, damn, I didn't know I'd go from 15 years in the league yeah, to right. playing guitar for <laughs> Dr. Jeremy Eugene Bridges. Looking <laughs> <laughs> 40 years old, probably not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh look. So so man, we are gonna get into you, man. Tell us about about. About everything, man. From from your, your starting in Oakland, you know, what I'm saying California, where you were born and raised. Yeah. Uh, again, St. Mary College High School, man. Run it down for the review. Let us know what's going on, man. I know it seems like a lifetime ago, man. You know, obviously, I just finished my 15 year uh, career, and I think when you're going through transition, that you know, it's kind of funny you ask, man. You kind of reminisce and kind of think back 
about um, a lot of the things that allowed you to achieve a lot of those things. And so obviously growing up in, in Oakland, much like any other inner city across the country, um, we had our issues, right? You know, you had the gangs, you had the drug gang, you know, especially crack cocaine, early 80s, I'm an 80s baby. And so you had a lot of those adversity, um, you know, issues that faced growing up. And, you know, luckily, you know, I, you know, we talk about moms. I had a, my mom was a single parent, but she was a strong mom, you know, old school mom, whoop you. You know, I, I shared the fear of God in me um, growing up as a, as a young man. And so luckily between her and my uncle Steve, they really gave me a lot of great structure, um, put my priorities as far as education and sports and kind of steered me away from a lot of the stuff that cats, you know, would fall into, you know, whether it was selling, banging, whatever it may be, you know, uh, robbing cats, whatever it could be, they, they kind of steered me away from that. And I also, I'd be, uh, you know, um, wouldn't be doing my cousin justice because he was in that game and he was older than me. And so he used to always say, hey man, I catch you out in these streets, I'm gonna whoop your butt, you know, right. for the most part, you know. And so with those three people really put me on the right path and, uh, uh, you know, did, did well in school, was always one of the top athletes in my area. He did some of the AAU basketball, was a baseball player. Didn't play football into high school uh, just because I was a bigger yeah. kid, you know. Um, as JB would know, you know, I, I used to be a D tackle. I was 315 at one time in the league, so I was a big kid. And so that's really where my background was, was more hoop um, and basketball. And then once I got to high school, and that's where my uncle Steve, who I mentioned, uh, one of the guys that was more like my father figure kept me straight and narrow, I, I played for him uh, football in high school. And uh, between him and our head coach, Dan Shaughnessy, I mean, they was old school cats, you know? And so I don't know if half these cats playing ball now could even deal with the type of stuff we used to have to deal with. You know, you talking about getting water, it wasn't no water. No. Man, you was weak if you got water. You knew concussions, I, I mean, we was out on a, like a dirt field. It was just bad, you know what I mean? And so yeah. the way they tried to just, um, grind you you know at the time it felt like man this is the end of the world what are we doing but you know actually it paid off you know just building that that foundation of grinding hard work overcoming adversity and especially when you get to the league where you now you're dealing with people fighting for their, their uh you know really their livelihoods you gotta have that type of background and that's why for me that's why i was able to play for so long because my grind was different than a lot of these young kids coming in uh, where it was more far few between that really knew how to grind because the culture had changed. And not that it's bad, it just was different. And I think mine just gave me that upper hand as far as that. Uh, you know, obviously after high school, was able to catapult that to a, a D1 scholarship uh, to uh, the number one university in uh, the nation, Cal, and academically. Okay. You got that, I see Ooh. you got that Southern Miss uh, Rocking that. What, what years were you there? Cause we played y'all. What years were you there? Oh man, I, I, look, I, look. First of all, so I think what you what you thirty six right now, thirty seven maybe. Am I, I? Don't act like I'm that much older than you. So I'm forty years old. You know what I'm saying? So I think oh, you oh okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm forty okay, years old. So you know, I'm older than you. Yeah. So, I just, so, I just, so I just missed you. I just missed you. Right, I'm right. I'm turning thirty seven this there, year. I left there in 03, and I think that next year. You know, we played 04. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, 04, we played right, well, in, uh, nah, nah, I remember that. game. Yeah, okay. All right. So you weren't on that team. I was about to get on you a little bit, but you were you weren't a part of that, so I don't even need to talk trash But another experience that I had in college, my first year there, we were trash. It was obviously the year of uh it was two thousand and one, so nine eleven happened in that year. So that game that we had versus uh I can't remember if it was Temple or it was Rutgers. 
So that game got canceled. We were 0 and 10. Wow. My my freshman year in college, and uh, we ended up going to play Rutgers and beat them. So we were one and eleven. And then so just the the whole story. I don't want to go through every single year, but when we left, we were number five in the country and we're ten and two. And so I really got to see the process of what it took to become good or great. You know, however you want to categorize it, uh, because the team really wasn't that different, but the way we worked, we had a vision. Um, we had new leadership, a new head coach, Jeff Tefford. Um, obviously, we had some some other pieces that came along because Marshawn Lynch was a part of that team, Brandon Meebane, Aaron Rodgers. So we had talent, but it wasn't significantly different at that time compared to what we had when we went 0-11. So, so not only was I, you know, birthed in the old school mentality, but then I also got to see the process of what leadership looked like and how important that was and the vision was to be, be on a successful team. And so... All that stuff catapulted me to go, get into the NFL. Obviously, I went undrafted, but uh, through meeting great dudes, I was like JB. I was my, my rookie year. I was around guys like Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, uh, Brenton Buckner, who's the D line coach now with the Cardinals, um, London Fletcher when I was with the Redskins. Just guys, Kyle Williams, Larry Fitzgerald, throughout my career that has really allowed me to have an extended career with those relationships and obviously with my talent. Um, and then also being just very moldable. Um, as I mentioned earlier on, I was a D tackle when I first stepped on the field. I played at like, you know, 315 was my heaviest. I was probably normally like 295. And then by the time I got out of there, I was 240. And so uh, for me being an undrafted guy, just try, really trying to find my way, trying to find how I could carve out a niche. And I think being undrafted, being cut a couple of times will really humble you, right? You know, because we all was that, that guy growing up. And so how do you handle adversity, man? You right. got to you got to be resourceful, you know, coming from the hood. You got to figure out, you know, how I'm going to eat. You know, you're going to you're going to you're going to make what are you going to go to that refrigerator. What do I got to make? Uh, it is. Uh, ketchup, uh, cheese and uh, here goes some ham. OK, let me mix it up. And now I got me a meal, right? There you go. So I'm going into the cupboard. like, man, what do I got athletically, you know? And so I was versatile. I was athletic. And so I ended up playing like guard, defensive tackle, tight end, fullback and did some special teams. And I was kind of like that that niche utility guy, even as a bigger lineman. And that really gave me, added some value to myself where I, you know, was able to make the team after being on practice squad for two years. And from there, I never really looked back. And each year, just meeting those people and teammates that either helped my game uh, on the field from a, a technical standpoint or more importantly, off the field, you know, just from growing up, maturity, how to take care of your body, how do you become a pro um, and all those things. And so, Eventually, I became a Pro Bowl on special teams. You know, really found my value there. Had some adversity, got hurt, and then uh, eventually fell into uh, the Buffalo Bills, where I kind of had a resurgence um, and had 12 and a half sacks, made an All-Pro team, and another Pro Bowl. And so, that's kind of you know my story in a, in, a, in a very quick nutshell as far as where I was and where I've been, and, and now I'm in, in the transition of walking away from the game and, and trying to figure out what's next. Mm. I'm glad you said a lot of things you said about the uh, about the grind and about the foundation. Like it, it, right now, it is different, right? And we 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 old like we old men yelling at the cloud. I'm gonna be that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. it, it's different, and you know because you've been in it the last three years. I know you saw like the craziest transition, like as far as especially the biggest transition, and uh, it's probably the biggest difference when we were younger. And it's probably training camp. 
right? Oh, yeah. Man, training camp is like cake right now, you know? Right. It's and even the way that these kids get treated, so I know you, I know you, because I'll I be tripping just watching it sometimes. I'm like, man, these kids get treated like superstars at the gate. Yeah, yeah. And even on the league level, I think they, they have to do it because the kids ain't built to take it like we used to. Right. Because if you was a cuss, some of these or talk to some of these dudes in a certain type of way, they would mentally break down and go into a shell and you couldn't get nothing out of them. And so I understand why coaches in the NFL have done it because the coaches shifted that way. And in order to get the best out of them, they have to, we, we call it coddling, but they have to cater to them in a certain way so that they can yeah. still coach them and get something out of them. But yeah, yeah they, would, they wouldn't have lasted. Joe Bugles, I mean, they couldn't, they, a coach like that? Nah, nah. Yeah. He would break a lot of spirits. Oh, yeah, in, in this <laughs> hard nose, like, no, let me tell right. you what was your beautiful story, because you was in the, in the building, but you was in the beauty room. I, I, I could have slapped the shit out of Joe like three times. <laughs> the one thing, I never did this. Uh, I just, you know, me and Sam, me and Sam, we sit across from each other. So Joe was riding me, bro. Like just and you, you, you remember back in the day how Joe was teaching them kids how to play ball, like trying to two hand uppercut punch. And right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had him as a coach for a little bit. Work. So yeah. you know, he was trying to teach. He was trying to get me a six year guy at the time who had had success doing what I was already doing to learn to do this. And I was just like Joe, like let me just play ball. I got you. Like you know, said I pick the playbook. I mean, none of that. That's all out the window. That's nothing. Right. You have to do something that I'm not comfortable doing, and that's just that shouldn't be how it goes, right? So one day he was riding, bro. I'm tapping, I got a pen in my hand, and I'm popping the hell out of this pen. <laughs> like, I'm like, every time he start talking, I'm sitting there listening, and I'm just popping the shit out of this pen, popping the shit out of this pen. And I was about to turn around and Chris grabbed my hand. <laughs> he was like, nah, just, you know. Just, just chill, you know what I'm saying? Just let him do what he's doing. I joined right. at the time, he's getting, getting kind of see now. But yeah. me and Joe are right now. Like last time I seen him, we hugging and kissing, and you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm like, yeah, whatever, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wow. that's dope though, man. That's a lot, of, and a lot of our young reviewers, I hope you listen, you listen real well, you know what I'm saying, what the man just got to saying. Like, about, especially about kind of reinventing yourself. Cause you're right, when you get cut, like, man, I remember the first time I got cut, I was at yeah. the barbecue and my phone rang. And I'm like, hello? And like, yeah, Jerry, this is from, from, from the Eagles. I'm like, oh, okay, what's up? It was like, you just bring your playbook in. I'm like, say what? Like, what? Camp, right. camp, I'm like, hold on, what? Heart dropped in my, my, my ass. I didn't say nothing to nobody. I got in my truck and I left. Went and took my playbook up there, and I'm like, what What do I do now? You know what I'm saying? So I prayed about right. it, and Arizona called. But you learn that experience, man. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's saying some people can't, can't bounce back from that. But, you know, where we was raised, come from nothing. I hate to use the word nothing, but that's where we come from. You know what I'm saying? We come yeah. from the bottom bottom. Got out the mud, if you will. And so at that point, you're like, okay, well, what do I do now? What did I do wrong? You know what I'm saying? What did I do to, right. to get to this point and get where I'm at right now? Yeah, go from there, you know what I'm saying? Because shit, I was a secret round draft pick. That's damn near being undrafted, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Oh, three. Like now you're a six round draft pick, you, you damn near guarantee one year. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> biggest thing in the world. But back yeah. then it wasn't. So had to fight, claw, scratch, you know what I'm saying? And I feel that, you know what I'm saying? Everything you were saying about just the grind, you know what I'm saying? Just the grind. I know Benny got a couple things we'll hop. 
Well, I mean, you you illustrate a good point because let's talk about that. Mr. Alexander used a key word that he said multiple times. And anybody who's been listening to this podcast knows we go a little bit more in depth than the the flashiness of what you expect to see from someone who's played in the league or been through the process. Undrafted. You played 15 years undrafted. Most cats are only doing three and a half if they're lucky. Yeah. 15 undrafted. So... Please, for, for our young reviews, we got a lot of cats who are going, who are at that level where they're 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 getting recruited, they've already signed their offers, they're they've committed, they're in that space. From where right. you were at Cal, going from that where your mindset was from that to actually being in a league where you thought you actually may get drafted to the point yeah. where now you're undrafted. Now now they can just pick you up as a free agent. <laughs> how right. how was that? How was that? How did what did you do to make that transition in your mind from like you said, you being the man and then you're like, Yeah, Damn. I mean, you know, looking at it now, you know, being 30, I'll be 37 in May. I mean, I didn't handle it well at all. I mean, I don't think anybody's prepared for that. Right. Because nobody was talking about, you're not thinking about failure. And so you never really even prepare yourself or have people talking to your life because none of your family ever been in the league or none of your friends. And so they can't even speak to that type of uh, mindset that you have to have and what that feels like. And so did I handle it well? No. And I probably didn't handle it well for the first couple of years until I got cut. I mean, I went out drinking, partying, and all this other mm-hmm. stuff that really didn't even add to me achieving my goal. I didn't even realize I was working against myself, right? And so now if I have to go back and do it all over again, I would definitely have a different mindset and attack it way differently. And, and understand that I want my actions to add up to what I'm trying to achieve, whatever that goal may be every single day. And so I actually have to talk to the, to the rookies uh for the bills in a couple of weeks, right? And so I really have more concepts that you need to take into your, into your first year, really in the life versus do X, Y, Z, because X, Y, Z looks different for everybody because everybody's a different position or you t- you hold and take a hold on the different things. But these concepts that I have kind of leading off with first, humility is number one. I think we all have an ego and are very prideful and whether you get drafted or not, you need to walk into the next level as you transition from college to pros and assume you know nothing because the game is completely different. Um, the, the way the coaches are going to coach is going to be completely different. And you probably most likely did not have a lot of holes in your game that you're not even aware of, but because you've been so more naturally gifted than everybody else, they haven't been exposed yet. Right. And so you need to walk into the building like as you know nothing, Still be confident. It doesn't mean that you not be confident, but you need to let go of your pride and allow people and coaches to speak into your life. And then also ask questions, right? And not assume that you know every single thing. And then as you obviously go, you'll figure out which the right questions to ask to figure out to where you want to get to, which leads me into my next point is relationships. You need to be confident enough to walk up to whoever the veteran or fourth or fifth year player that is, that is in your position group and say, hey, bro, Hey, I need you. I don't I don't get it. I kind of know, but I really need your help. What made you great? Why are you still around? Why did you pass that three and a half year mark, right? And so build those relationships. Because I look back, I had a Brinson Buckner. I had a London Fletcher. Um, even when I got older, I had a Kyle Williams. And so that never changes. You always need those relationships in your life, wherever you're at, and in different um, facets to really help you understand and really give you a picture of what it looks like. Because I can tell you something, but if I show you, you really, oh, that's what it really looks like. That's what he actually means. And, and you can take that from him. And then lastly for me is, is serving. 
you go in there with the mindset of how can I help this team or how can I help this locker room or how can I help my teammate on and off the field and not like what can you do for me right and I think when you open yourself up to that and you and you serve and I and I'm all about serving from the front because that's a form of leadership to me you naturally start having people gravitate towards you and I, I think for me that's how you build value when you have all three of those things uh, because coaches and organizations, especially now, are looking for leadership qualities because there are so many young cats that don't get it, that don't understand, they're mature, immature for whatever reason. And so if you can go in there uh, with those that mindset, the number one thing you're going to do is gain their trust because the best players don't play on Sundays. Right. The ones the coaches trust play on Sundays because yeah. now their job is at stake anytime they stick you out there. And so those principles, I think, lead to trust the quickest with the coaches as well as your teammates. And that's what you want. You want people to trust you and value you as a player. And the only way you can maintain that that value and the trust, if you consistently grow every single year and um, and, and be consistent in that. And so it's going to look different. It looked different for JB than it looked for me. You know, it looked different from what Kyle Williams to to whatever the, the new guy, Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker that just came out. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. It's all going to look different, but if you have those those general principles in mind, you're going to be able to carve yourself out, uh, I think, an extended career. Not that it's going to be 15, right. but instead of three, you may get five. Instead of one, you may get three, you know? And that's what it's all about, extending that end date out for yourself as long as possible and making sure that you're not the issue of why you find yourself out of the league and living with regret. Right, exactly. And to follow up on that, you mentioned, and I think you would, you would probably agree, the reason why you were able to, you know, stick around as long as you were is because you proved your worth in multiple positions, hence becoming the one-man gang. And you were able to, especially on special teams, so I'm curious yeah. to know, because I'm, I'm thinking, if my instincts serve me correctly, I think I know what you're going to say. You got selected for the Pro Bowl twice. You got selected yeah. in, in your in your you know, your natural position at linebacker in 2016 made the second team all pro, like you mentioned, but in 2012, you got selected as a special teamer. Do you think it was maybe a little bit more special in 2012 that kind of proved, yeah. proved your worth in terms of what you're able to do? In, yeah, in most definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, it, it just really, first of all, it's my first one. So it really solidified right. what I was able to go from as far as being undrafted, getting cut to now being, um, you know, one of the top players in, in the league, right? And and for special teams, they only take one guy. It's not like linebacker, right. they take three, um, four, depending if it's like outside backer. And so it's much harder to even to do. And there was a lot of great guys that played special teams at that moment. So for me to solidify myself in, in 2012 and, you know, we, we got to the playoffs that year, that was probably um, the cooler experience uh, because it was my first and it, and it really validated, I think, um, I don't want to say my worth, but at least it put me on a, on a, on a national scale as far as, okay, this dude can play ball. Mm, okay. I love it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So look, Mr. Bridges, I think what we should do is this. Let's get into a little break. And then when we come back, we're going to introduce uh, Mr. Alexander to a couple of our patented segments. We're going to throw some stuff at you and then we're, we're, going, to, we're going to see what you're thinking. And we're going to finish the show uh, with one of JB's favorite segments. That's going to, that's going to let you, uh, you know, Get your get your shit off, so to speak. Puff your puff your chest out. So we're gonna we're gonna let you close it out. That way. Fun, baby, you know what I mean, go to office, baby. Right, right, All exactly. Right. All that more when we come back. This is the JB and Benny Blue Review podcast. We'll be right back, bitches. You're right. Yeah. Hey, Bird Gang. This is your boy, former Cardinal Jeremy Bridges. Tune into the number one podcast on the web. My show, JB and Benny Blue Review, right here on KSRN Arizona. 
five, four, three, two, one. What's good, reviewers? We appreciate you joining us. This is the JB and Benny Blue Review Podcast. We are joined by the man himself, the one-man gang, Mr. Lorenzo Alexander. He's got some ribs cooking, and he can't wait. Yes, sir. JB, by the way, when he said that, JB, when he said that, you being the vegetarian slash pescatarian, how did I mean you, you had a little you got a little twinkle on your idea? Listen, now listen, let me tell you something. It's it's only certain things that trigger me missing meat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Good ribs, and I trust he's my guy. I trust him. He said he said he's making ribs. I'm like, okay, I trust him. Him spice. Oh, yeah. Uh got no spicy throw down with the ribs. It's only certain cats, you know what I'm saying? That when they say I'm cooking ribs, you like, oh man. I hear you, bro. I'm, oh, I'm gonna put some salmon on, no, for me, so you could come over and eat some of yeah, that. That's, too. A, that's, that's what I said. I yeah, knew yeah, salmon. You know, <laughs> yeah, salmon now. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like so, yeah. Ribs, Popeyes chicken. If I smell it, bro, like that, that's the only time that I want to like backslide ever. Like, yeah, I, I hear that. Popeyes I hear that. Like, oh, <laughs> man, it was it was such an intricate part of growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like being in the south, man. Yeah, Popeye's chicken. That was kind of a Sunday thing. Like, mama didn't feel like cooking. You know what I'm saying? We go to Popeye's, get a family pack, and that'd be that. You know what I'm saying? Or go to Golden Corral. You know what I'm saying? But you know, that's <laughs> damn. Oh, All you can eat, baby. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hit them with some work, man. What we got coming up, man? Well, yeah, man. You got you got that quarantine discipline. So you know you're 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 living that clean life now. I'm proud of you, man. You've been you've been doing it. You've been I don't know, Lorenzo. I don't know if you've seen JB in the flesh recently, but he's lean to me now. Okay, all right. Which what, what you weighing at now? What you weighing in at? But probably I thought got on scale like a week ago. I hurt my back. It was two ninety four. Okay, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I've gotten taller like since last time you see me. Like when I, I lost when I got when I retired, though, I went on went crazy. I went out to LA, I started, uh, I ran LA Fitness for two years as a, as a director, mm. so that really kind of got me rolling. You know, what I'm saying on my my mission as far as like getting myself down because you know how I go, man. You know, what I'm saying cats either gonna go left or they're gonna go right. You know, what right? Saying? Yep, yep, they're trying to go left because I done seen some cats, man. I'm talking about you, you just you see them, you like. Ooh, what happened to you, boy? Yeah, so, <laughs> Bad body. <laughs> so, I, I refuse to be that guy. And then, was, yeah, yeah, he was a dying. Like you know, what I'm saying, we're you know we're, yeah. we're athletes. You know, what I'm saying we're we're special people. We're not really meant to live that long, especially the bigger dudes. Right. So, you know, I, I got to rolling out with that. And then I, uh, you know, I was dealing with a young lady that kind of helped me and persuaded me. You know, what I'm saying to fall into the whole vegetarian life. Shout out to Sierra Townsend, you know what I'm saying? Daughter of Robert Townsend, that's my homie to this day, all day, every day. And she really introduced me to the game. And I I, I took all one day and roll with it, bro. You know, and I ain't okay. So, you know, fitness is like my thing. That, that's my saying. No. I was joking with you the other day on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? When you was like, you ain't think you gonna start working out so soon? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen real quick. <laughs> you, but, you, but see, that's, that's all a part of it. You can't right. stop doing what got you to where you right. successful? Like you can't stop doing that, like because it's gonna continue to be a part of your life. It's gonna keep you even keel. Gonna keep you balanced. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's more so people be like, "Oh, you a meathead? You crazy? You want to work out all the time?" It's part of my sanity, right? Yeah, you know? it is. Feel me? So yeah, yeah. That, that's that's our love right there. So Ben, what we got coming up, man? What what segment we about to do? All right. So look, we're, we're gonna do yeah, we're gonna do a couple of your patented segments, but these are gonna be the Lorenzo Alexander editions. Lorenzo, we got a segment that's just for JB. It's called JB's You Win It or Not. It is we're throwing five different topics and we gotta see if he's messing with it, 
or he's he's cool on it. So uh, without further ado, this is JB's. You win it or not? The Orlando, the, the what am I? What am I Orlando, <laughs> the Orlando Magic, the Lorenzo Alexander edition. Cue the music, pop, pop, pow. That's right, people. All right, so we're gonna start in the NFL. Uh, so I know you know you don't you don't have to show up for training camp anymore. Yeah, over. But the NFL still moves on, and JB they dropped the schedule. But if you notice, they dropped the schedule. Uh, as if it's business as usual, and we got the we got the Rony Rony Roan happening right now. Uh, so the N- the NFL schedule is it going to be as is it going to be the regularly scheduled program, Mister Alexander? Are you with it or not? It's gonna, is it going to happen like it normally happens? What do you think? Not with it. No oh. way. New York and and Cali said they ain't having sports until twenty twenty one. So. Unless they come up with something significant change, there's no way they're going to do it as regularly scheduled. They're going to have to come up with something. It's going to be an abbreviated season, I think. Okay. JB, what you think? So here's the thing, Zoe, and, I, and I, me and Benny go back and forth with this, and I tell people all the time, and you know, that the the, 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 the alligator that the NFL is, right? Now, the and money. The revenue that it generates. And when it comes to the money, all right, ain't nothing going to fuck up the money. All right, so they said the same thing, right? They said the exact same thing. They were like, we ain't doing nothing, no kind of events to 2021. Oh, when the pockets get to hurting, you know what I'm saying? The NFL's influence starts to occur, and that's what really does it. The NFL's influence. They're like, oh, y'all don't want to handle sports for 2021? Nah, 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 nah. We got a stadium over there in East Rutherford, you know what I'm saying, that y'all got to fill up, you know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. So we're going to figure out a way to do this. I'm telling you, and I'll tell everybody, the NFL will be rolling. Day one, all right? And it's okay. gonna be, like you said earlier about it, it's going to be different, but it's going to be the NFL and it's going to work. <laughs> it's like the train that it is. Word. Word. Okay. All right. So so Lorenzo thinking thinking not so much. JB thinks that the money's going to talk for the for the schedule. So, all right, we shall see, certainly. All right. Speaking, speaking of the uh, draft, um, Jim Harbaugh of My Michigan Wolverines wrote an open letter to the football community that is proposing doing away with the current rules calling for players to wait three years from the end of high school before they can enter the draft. He says the individual could choose to declare for the professional draft after any season he chooses. If he's drafted within the first 224 picks of the NFL draft or chooses to sign a free agent contract, he would forego remaining college eligibility. However, if the individual is not drafted within the first 224 picks of the NFL draft, he would be able to return to college football if he chooses without penalty, provided he remains in academic compliance and does not receive payment from an agent. Mr. Alexander, NFL prospects being able to return to school if they're not drafted in the first 224. Are you with it or not? Shoot, I'm with that, man. If, I can, if I'm good enough, why not come out early? and uh, not risk injury. But I can tell you this, it's just like JB talking about that money. I don't know if the NC2AA going to be down for losing their best players oh, that man. early. So it ain't. I, I'm with it, but I doubt this going to happen because they, 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 they massage each other very well, the NFL and the NC2A. Okay, JB? Another point, man. Uh, just, just that last little bit of, of sticking <laughs> that you put in there about if they don't accept money from an agent, just like those have said, the NCAA, the, the, probably the bigger... Big, when it comes, like you said, they massage each other. When it comes to the NFL and NCAA, they like this. Like it, it, these organizations, they're, they're multi-billion-dollar organizations, and they are alligators. They run everything. Ain't no nothing happen without them 
Uber to shake it. So I don't know. I don't know. It sounds good. All that gangster shit you're talking here sounds good. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to show me. Yeah. That's gonna have to. It's going to be some some concrete things going on for that to even like occur. But I mean, I'd be, it'd be great, man. You know, second summer. So right. Play ball after they sophomore year. How many kids have we seen that have played to their sophomore year and then they like? Want to stay one more year? I ain't gonna even say get hurt, but just kind of fell off or something happened. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you get that blanket to get in the NFL and get that security, having that little money behind you, getting drafted because you're that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Harbaugh just sound like he mad he can't uh, recruit any uh, NFL players anymore. He's trying to get Alabama. No, no, no greasy. That's oh, what he sound like. <laughs> I want to say because Vinny gets a little touchy about missing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, is that what it is? That's what it sound like know, to me. Hey, we went we win the series. Hey, we're we're leading the series. We got more wins. We got more natties. I don't want to hear it, Ohio State. <laughs> but, hey, by the way, he's talking about everybody. He ain't talking to Steve, just talking about one school. So hey, right, right. money talks, JB. It does. Money talks. It does. All right. Speak hey, speak speaking of uh speaking of talking some talking some shit. Uh Mr. Alexander, I'm pretty sure you've been you've been at least checking out some of this Last Dance documentary, like most of us have, happening with the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing: we said, JB, you know, we said this on this podcast. We know the real reasons behind some of the stuff. We're going to do a full episode on this, by the way. La- Last Dance conspiracy theories coming up. It keeps getting beat into the ground, Lorenzo. That Jordan was the one that kept Isaiah off of the Dream Team. So simply, right? Or not, did, what was he the reason, or do you believe it was another reason? I know I'm the real reason. So does JB. I don't. I, well, I don't know the real reason, but I mean, obviously, he had a, a lot to do with it. I mean, between him, Magic, and Bird, I mean, Ooh. I mean, why, why? Yeah, they don't want him on there. They don't like him. That's what happens when you're an ass. Mm. Hey. Simple. It's simple as that. I mean, they said it. I mean, it is. Right. And they, <laughs> and they <laughs> had more juice at the time than Isaiah. Yeah, it is. Not, look, not if it was flipped, if, if it was flipped, if it was Michael, they didn't like Mike would have still been on that team regardless because right. he had the juice. Right, it right, just, right, it right, just right, is right. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I it was the constant, constant tyrant. Like he, he soft spoken. Pretty boy, you, you look at him, you think he's the choir boy, you know what I'm saying, from Five Heartbeat. Nah, Isaiah Thompson, kid, bro. Like, on that court, he didn't like nobody. Uh, they, they they were telling a story, I forget who I was listening to, to tell that story about John Sally. And he threw the ball to him, and in the game, in, in practice, or in the game situation, he gave him the ball on, on a fast break, and he laid it up. <laughs> so Isaiah went up to him and was like, uh, John, if you don't dunk that basketball next time, you won't see that basketball for the next two months. Like, <laughs> oh, he was about that. Uh, he was about that that mess, as we say today. He was ratchet. Like he was the epitome of ratchet. Hell, now they want him on the team because right. it would have been a bunch of sideline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, gold medal would have been a bunch of sideline. Isaiah, because you know Isaiah. He, oh man, Isaiah's Isaiah shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Imagine Isaiah, that practice they had where they was all getting into it, you know what I'm saying? Yada, yada, yada. Like after that practice would have happened, they got on the bus. It'd have still been some beef, you know what I'm saying? Because Isaiah was rolling. Isaiah, he was just, yeah, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Like, like okay. said, Jordan had the juice, so. You right. Know, you don't want him there, he ain't going to be there. <laughs> right. There it is. All right, a couple, couple more for you. And honestly, uh, we may kind of already know his answer, but I'm curious to, to get your opinion on this. So, UFC 249 was last night. Now I didn't watch it. We're not huge UFC on this on this program, but you know yeah. we a little bit. 
and uh, they held they held it in Jacksonville, but they held it to no fans. And just kind of looking at some of the feedback, people were still watching. And as you mentioned, as you mentioned, the schedule maybe maybe being pushed in 2021 and all that. Um, you know, UFC UFC with no fans. Do you think setting the standard for for sporting events? going forward for the rest of this year are you you with it or not can you can you see sports with no fans yeah i'm with it i mean because money rules all and so if they got to get back the sooner they can get back the better and the only way they're gonna be able to do that is with no fans and so they they thinking about the tv contracts and everybody right now is looking for something you got people watching what is that korean the korean baseball league come on bro i mean they trying to find any way they can get the nba the nhl obviously start the nfl on time so they have stuff to watch in the TV and the marketing dollars for that is going to be crazy. So they definitely want uh, want to try to figure out a way and there's going to be no fans initially. Well, okay. So, I mean, anytime the NFL draft, the, the, the last draft that just happened, this past draft that just happened was probably one of the most watched events in the history of the world. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> because the image show us a bullshit, bro. Like, man, like, I don't see more. Look, I done heard more NFL film music than I want to hear, bro, for <laughs> the next four or five years, dog. Dan, 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 dan. I'm like, dog, when you hear that music, you listen, you watch some shit from the 60s. You like, man, right. I know these cats, but I don't know. I damn sure don't want to watch them. I'm like, man, look. Hey, look, I'll be like, we just talked about the NFL. Starting on time. It's going to be different. They're going to find a way to get these sports back going. It's going to be different. I watched a little bit of the UFC last night, and it was cool. It's weird, but like you don't really pay attention to the fact that there's no fans there because you watch the fight. Only thing that eventually you freak out because you don't hear nothing. You know what I'm saying? You right. Hear, you hear them licks. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can hear them licks. You, feel like you can hear them playing as day. So it was a little different, but I mean, you know. Yeah, I see the NFL pumping noise though too. They'll probably pump a little noise so you can at least feel like you watch yeah, it. They were, they were doing that with the fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's a few teams that you know, do see, it. You know Seattle, yeah. You know yeah. Seattle's already set up. Oh, uh, yeah. Indianapolis, <laughs> yeah, you know, we you know. But, 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 I'm going to give you another team, though. Atlanta. They, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It sounds like you listen to a jet taking off. You're like, man, what is that, man? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, what is that damn noise I'm hearing? There ain't no fans, man. I don't know what the hell that is. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. 47 taking off outside. Right. And finally, uh, since you are in the process of uh, learning some instruments, we're going to take you to music for this final one. Uh, I don't know if you've been checking out. I don't know if JB has. I have. I don't know if you've been checking out any of the, uh, the verses, uh, Instagram, live, uh, battles with different iconic artists, but they just did. They just yeah. They just they they done a bunch of them, and the next one apparently is Ludacris versus Nelly. So first and foremost, are you with it? And if so, who wins? Uh, it's sneakier than people think. It's sneakier than people think. Oh, it's not, baby. Oh, it's not. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm with it. I don't know if I would even tune in. I don't. I don't see them as. And I mean, obviously, I'm not a rapper. I don't see them as lyricists, like something I really want. They're great entertainers, and they have stuff to say that make you like, hey. So right. I'm, uh, I'm gonna go with Ludo on this one. As far okay. as battling and being able to destroy somebody, I think he's uh, he has more creative delivery when it comes to that type of stuff. But what they're doing though is they're doing like they're doing their hits, and this, this is why all oh, their hits. This is why there's no competition. Ludacris' oh. albums were bangers. All of them went platinum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, were bangers. Yeah, you can yeah. listen to eight songs on every album he put out. Nelly yeah. put out with two No, albums. you can't do that, yeah. And they weren't, yeah. like, the first one, Country Grammar was cool, but I only know two songs of Country Grammar. 
Right. Oh, if they right. doing that, then it's Luda. It's Luda. And I then when you start you start to factor in the fact that Luda's features. Now you talk about lyricism. Now Luda can rap. Now he can go. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. start talking about his features, and then a lot of times they'll they'll play music that they produce. So DTP versus. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> We're looking at this right here. We're looking at a, a landslide, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, you were saying being like, oh, it's sneaky close. No, nope, the hell it ain't. For okay. hit, for maybe, yeah, for maybe, hit, maybe yeah. if they keep it to like, uh, you only can play 10 songs, then uh, then, he, then he got a chance, maybe. Nelly might have to call the same thing. He's going to have to grab Murphy Lee and everybody. Oh, that's what you have to call somebody and shut that thing down. He can't heal that chance. Right. So, Lorenz, let me ask you this. Who's your? Who would be your dream matchup? Who would you want to see? Like, yeah. They, this would definitely be a clutch matchup. You know what? I'm so far out of the rap game right now. Uh, I'm on, I like... Uh, if I you're R&B, you probably don't know. That is rap. But I mean, I like cats like... Uh, y'all heard of like Bizzle, Lecrae, and many of These are like gospel hip-hop yeah. rappers that I, yeah. that I really like. They got a... They actually, it's pretty dope, man. If you ain't listened to them, you should, you should definitely check them out. And it ain't like that... Because the first time you hear about gospel hip hop, what? No, these dudes, no, these dudes, is these, yeah, these dudes go hard, man. Yeah, so I'm probably like, uh, but actually, yeah, like a, a Derek Minor, Derek Minor and Bizzle, or like a Bizzle and um, uh, NWA. Way I like, I like him. I like they flow. Probably one of those, those two probably go down for me. I, I, I would definitely you know, tune in for right? that. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's a good concept, though. So that'd be dope, though. You know what I'm saying? Because my thing is like, I'm old school. To the point where yeah. I'm Southern Baptist, you know what I'm saying? Like when I hear church music, I want to hear, you know, I want to hear some riffs, moaning, some groaning, you know what I'm saying? Some, right, yeah. Some, <laughs> some, <laughs> I going on. Yeah. Lecrae, I had, I've had the pleasure of meeting Lecrae at my, at my barbershop. You know what I'm saying? Great dude, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's a capper like my barber, so they was doing all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Good cat. And you would never think, like, and everybody sees, like, like Zillow's trying to get at the whole godly thing, like, you. you be a Christian, you can be a God fear man and still be cool. You know what I'm right. saying? Right, yeah, yeah. Still be cool. So, like, yeah, they, they rapping, you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing as other rapping artists, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're rapping about their realities and the thing that they're dealing with within the religious, you know what I'm saying, format. So, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be dope as hell, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. All right, look, we, we've we've had we've had a hell of an episode, but uh, reviewers, we're gonna leave you on this. We are gonna we're gonna bring you JB's burning segment, but this is gonna be the Lorenzo Alexander edition. Lorenzo, if you don't know what this is, this is JB's segment where he cuts a promo. He does he does he does a Suge Knight at the '95 Source Award. <laughs> you can talk about anything. This could be sports, social issues, uh, things that you've been dealing with during quarantine. Whatever you want to speak on, the next few minutes, the floor is yours. What what do you got to burn on right now? What's been that? What what is in your heart that you got to get off your chest? Man, there's so much crazy stuff going on right now. But talk I mean, about if, it. I to, if I had to talk about one thing, I mean, this Ahmaud Aubrey thing that it just happened, obviously down in uh, Georgia, mm-hmm. um, is probably. I mean, I, and it's and it's and I know it's reality, right? And so it happens all the time. We just happen to hear about this one specific right. story. And so our world is so crazy. And a lot of times I think people are so blinded, like it doesn't happen, that it's almost infuriating because I know what my reality is. Even though I live in Paradise Valley, I still, like if, if I'm driving, I feel like a car is is, is, is following me. I mean, is this dude following me or, or you know what? Or is the police behind me for a certain reason? When I drive a nice car, I still feel that certain way and having young black sons. I get nervous when they ride off of my block and they're by themselves, just like, 
Amal was jogging. My son the other day was uh, had ridden his bike and was actually in like this construction area, like just playing in the hole. And I'm like, man, where is my dude at? And so that's the first, you know, place my mind goes. Like, is this not as, is he okay? Cause I know he's playing, is he hurt? Like, is anybody gonna bother him when I'm not, when I don't have my eyes on him because they see a young black boy, is he up to doing something no good? And, and what are the ramifications of, of something like that? Of what they're gonna think or maybe even do to him. And so it, this hit home because I am a father now. Obviously I'm a black man living in, in, in America. And so uh, it's always a constant reminder. And so for me, I just, you know, having those conversations, you know, cause people feel like they don't have uh, any impact because it's not their issue, it's not their child. And I would, I, you know, for me, I would challenge, um, you know, your white listeners, your African-American listeners, when you see some cats that you know, and you know they have a, a racist heart or a racist mindset, call them out on it. You may not feel that way and agree with it, but you can stop certain people from doing things by holding them accountable when y'all have those conversations and they say something that you like, ooh, well, I'm surprised. I'm glad ain't no black folks around right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, ho- we got to hold each other accountable and not assuming like it's somebody else's problem. They're not talking about me, so it's okay. And that's in any issue. I don't care what you're talking about because that hate, them, them hateful thoughts lead to hateful words that eventually lead to hateful actions. Things that you can't take back and it's going to change people's lives, including yours forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, 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 you know, it's always hard. How do you how do you make massive impact? But, you know, obviously you just gave me the platform. And so hopefully somebody hears these words and takes it upon themselves to hold one of their people that they know accountable. And maybe we prevent the, the next shooting, you know, from happening and, and that may have happened if they didn't have that conversation. Right. Right. Absolutely. Man, that 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 is a, that is an excellent way to wrap things up, man. We we really appreciate you taking out this time. Plug your social media, please, because we know you're still gonna be tapping in with the community and, and staying connected with yeah. us. Where can people find you? Yeah, we're doing a lot of stuff. Um, obviously, you can find me on Twitter um, at One Man Gang ninety seven. Um, on Instagram, Lorenzo underscore John, and then on both platforms, Aces underscore Foundation. Um, just doing work in the community, trying to fill the gap for young youth at risk youth living in the, in the hood growing up and they may not have all the resources but they have the gifts to be great and so just trying to help supplement those with along with their family the school and, and coaches that they're they're um, involved with um to change their trajectory right to change their vision to change their goals and what they think they can accomplish and then uh, ultimately repeat and give back to their own communities and so that's kind of what i have going on that's where you can find me and i'm you know i'm always out there to have a great conversation or jump on somebody's podcast so feel free to reach out uh via social media pop out well so just so you know if i get you know just so people can hear it man uh out here they have a, a organization called heart of the city and they do a lot of inner city work man they do a lot of great things for these kids you know what I'm saying i've been to their uh to a, their banquet twice since i've been back out here you know what I'm saying and uh the cardinals always you know they sponsor them uh, okay. Once this thing gets back cracking, you know what I'm saying? You, first of all, let me know whenever you got something going on. You know I'm going to show up. You know what, yep. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? To help going on the community and so on and so forth. I'm trying to get my whole inspirational speaking thing going up. You know what I'm saying? Motivational speaking thing going. So once everything gets back going, uh, we definitely got to do some things hard to see because they deal with a certain section. You know what I'm saying? But it's still minority. Black. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They're, they're, they're talented. They want to go to school. They want to succeed in life. And they give them all the resources to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty sweet. They got they got their own dope. everything. You know what I'm saying? It's dope. So man, that's beautiful. Uh, man, appreciate you coming on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Told so many you was gonna be a perfect fit for us. You know what I'm saying? Because I know you, I know how you are. 
and you did phenomenal, brother. It was oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fellas. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. So make sure to tap in with him on social media, tap in with us at JB and Benny Blue. And uh, that's it. This has been the JB and Benny Blue Review Podcast. Stay safe. Stay, stay safe. Love each other. Understand each other. Have those comments. Hey, hold on. You know I got to get my last word. Oh, get it in. Get it in. People of the United States of America, just because they're opening up our country back up, don't go ape shit, man. Like, this is <laughs> feet. And I need six feet. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's crazy, right? People are, you know, and, and it's like that people are being defiant. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, come on, man, chill. Like, we, it's up to us to take care of us because the, the government ain't going to do it. Yeah. And I'm going to continue to say, if y'all really think that them motherfuckers in, in Capitol Hill give a damn about you, they don't. All they care about is that like, we talked about the money. That's all they care about. You know what I'm saying? The reason why they're opening the country back up is because too many Fortune 500 companies are suffering, right? So that means the country's suffering. That means the money ain't right. They don't care about you. They don't care about your testing. It ain't no no funding for testing. It ain't no funding for PPE for, for, for doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. It ain't no funding for none of this stuff in the works. They don't give a damn about you. Michael Jackson made a whole song about it. Right? Yeah. They don't really care about us. They don't. So it's up to us. And it's kind of it, it kind of goes right back to what Zoe was saying, as far as like keeping each other accountable, right? It's the same boat, right? Right now, we need each other more than ever. You know what I'm saying? I, I got I, as, as the youth. We got to take care of the old folks because the old folks get this, this, this pandemic, whatever. You know what I'm saying? This, this virus. It's most likely gonna take them out. You know what I'm saying? So we got to take care of us. And you know what I'm saying? Like, man, look, stop the hate, man. I can go on for a minute. I, I was gonna blow up, right? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said what you said. So you know what I'm saying? On the, <laughs> it took it off my shoulders. Cause yeah, I, yeah. They know how I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, 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 you about to, you about to cut a promo. Zoe, Zoe was on. Zoe is like our white listeners and our white yeah. people who are, who are woke. I use the word woke. Who, who understand it is to coexist is the most important part about what we got going on. Mm-hmm. Like Zoe just said, man, start opening your mouth. When these things happen, we need you to open your mouth and say something, mm-hmm. right? Because our words don't mean shit. Let's be real. Our words don't mean shit. We ain't gonna get no attention. We start kicking those down and killing motherfuckers. And we don't need to do that because it's gonna make it worse on our people. You know what I'm saying? So we need you to open your mouth mm-hmm. and to tell those that are doing it that it's unacceptable and you're not gonna deal with it and you're gonna outcast them so that we can, again, coexist. That's what we yep. all have to do. We all need each other on this planet. We really do. So- exactly, man. Listen, ra- racism is, is a learned behavior. You know, and you can you can you can learn to love. You can learn to love people, and that that that's all we ask. You know what I'm saying? So that's it. We ain't gonna hold them up. Get to your Mother's Day feast, good sir. We appreciate <laughs> yeah. you with us. This has been the JB and Bangle Review, and until next time, stay safe, and we love you. Bird gang all day. At the Honda Summer Sales Event, one summer adventure leads to another. Start with a new Honda and be on your way to desert treks, lakeside getaways, and mountain paths so remote you need an actual map. For a limited time, well-qualified buyers can get 1.9% APR on the 2021 Honda Accord and 0% APR on the 2021 HRV or Pilot. Start your Honda safe adventure at NorCalHondaDealers.com. See dealer for financing details. Ah, <sighs> Monday. 
just became Mondays. Mondays just got more exciting. Powerball now draws three days a week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.